Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Pastor Larry Davis. All right, so we're going to get into this series again. We're in week two of Backwards. We're going to get into the Word again. Uh, so I'm going to ask you, if you have a Bible, you can jump ahead of me into Galatians. There's some in the back of the room if you need them. There's even ones that are wrapped up in, say, a gift on it, because that's what it is. If you don't have one, you can take it with you as a gift from us. And like Pastor Jesse just said, uh, feel free to open up your app, and there's a Bible on there. So ready to go. Galatians 6 is where we're heading. I see lots of you excited to go into the Bible right now. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for joining me. <clears throat> yeah. Woo! Um, so this whole idea of backwards is uh, that we talked started last week was this, um, this backwards thing is how when we really truly follow Jesus and his words and his actions indeed, um, that a lot of times to just even us or people around us, uh, it can seem backwards from what the normal responses um, should be. It's backwards um, from what typical thought is uh, with self rather than others, um, loving enemies rather than just your friends. Um, and so we've started walking through that last week. We had a conversation uh, with two friends of mine um, about what it's like to love your neighbor and to know who your neighbor is. So first thing we need to do um, to be missional and living a life that's backwards is to know who our neighbor is. And so two of them shared, they shared how they're giving costly love and sacrificial love and going outside of neighbor walls um, that's um, in their comfort zone to love on other people. And if you didn't hear that or you haven't seen it, I highly encourage you. Um, man, it was a huge blessing just to receive words that they gave us um, and testimony and encouragement and to look what that looks like in action. And this week, we're going to be talking about what's in your hand. And uh, I have a friend that was going to have a conversation with me uh, about how they're using things that are already in their hand um, to do good. And next week, we're going to be uh, finishing this up with where is your limp? And uh, I'm very excited about friends that are going to be joining me for that and just sharing what's going on in their life. Um, I don't know about you, but I can get really overwhelmed watching the news, um, hearing what's going on with friends that are close to me, uh, my own personal things that are happening in my family, things that are going around the church. Um, I like, it's overwhelming um, when you look at the hurt and the needs of people um, and people in this community and people even out into this world. News is different now, right? You hear about everything and you're involved in everything, and you kind of get to live in every moment wherever it happens. Um, and it's overwhelming because you're like, there's nothing. It's, it's sad. It's grievous. Uh, there's, you feel like there's nothing you can do to change anything. So I don't know if you're like me, but many times I like care. I'm a compassionate person. I like want to scoop it all up, and I'll carry it. And it's extremely overwhelming to me because I really literally can't figure out how to make a difference. My one little thing, how is that going to make a difference? But it's difficult because I sit there and say, I'm Christians, and many of you in here are Christians, and you say, well, like, it's part of our job. It's what we're supposed to do. We need to help, and we need to make an impact, but I just don't know if I can. Like many of you, I've traveled around the world, and I've seen places, and I didn't ever really truly experience poverty and poor until I had done that. There is a distinct taste, smell, and look of what true poverty is like. 
That was eye-opening for me. It was life-changing for me to experience that and to go there. And it's crazy because you sit there and you go, how can I help? Like, I can't even make a difference. I can't even, like, make a change in the situation all by myself. I can do nothing. And then I watch other countries and people throw gazillions of dollars at these situations, and it's still struggling, uh, all but short of bulldozing entire areas or situations and just rebuilding from the beginning, you're like, I don't even, it's overwhelming. And many times it's paralyzing to the point of doing nothing because you're like, I just can't make a difference. And there was a guy named Paul um, that wrote a lot of letters in the Bible. And uh, he wrote a book called Galatians. And uh, he spoke on this to many of us about this. What do we do as Christians What do we do when we feel overwhelmed, when we're supposed to do good? Where do we sit in those moments? What is our response, and how how should it look? How should it be? And uh, if you'll join me, I'm going to read to you from Galatians 6, starting in verse 9. It says this. He says, let us not become weary in doing good. I love that first line. Do good there. Um, he's talking about doing good in all good ways, good morally, making good decisions, spiritually making good decisions, um, doing good for other people, taking care of the needs and stuff around you. So doing good, that's what that encompasses. But I love that word, do not become weary. I don't know if, if you're like me, but maybe some of you even here today are becoming weary. You, you become weary. You just become tired of trying to do good. You feel overwhelmed doing good. Some of you are weary because you've continued to try to do good for your children or someone in your family uh, to take care of them, and you just feel like, oh, I'm just done. I can't do this anymore. It's taxing on me. I'm, I'm, I'm empty. I'm completely spent in these moments. But he's saying, let us not become weary. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap the harvest if, pay attention to this, we do not give up. So the key here is, let us not become weary. It's not saying you're never going to be weary. I've become weary. You're maybe in a place where you're weary and you're just tired and feeling overwhelmed and you just want to shut it out. But the key here is he's saying, hey, this is going to happen. But I want you to know, you will reap harvest if you do not give up. Therefore, He says, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Therefore, as we have opportunity, opportunity means here and in most places in the New Testament, opportunity uh, means time in this this circumstance. So therefore, as we have time and opportunity, let us do good. And we know you don't have time, right? You're like, I don't have time. I don't have time to do things. I'm busy. We're all busy. We're all doing things. We're involved in stuff. And so, but therefore, when you do have opportunity and you do have time, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. And he talked about that a little bit more even earlier in the chapter. And verse two, he says, carry each other's burdens. It's heavy. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. And he's saying, as Christians, hey, this is the deal. Here's your response in these situations. When you're feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling weary, don't, don't be weary. You're going to be. You need to know. Never give up. And therefore, when you do have time and opportunity presents itself, do good to all people, especially those who are part of your family, especially those 
who are your brothers and sisters in Christ. Carry their burdens. Many of us, we get so tired of that, of not just caring about other people, but carrying other people's stuff and along and through life. So I want to give you uh, a couple things today. I want to give you a, a phrase that has been life transformation and giving to me. Um, I'm going to give you three tips, and I'm going to ask you a question, and then I'm going to have a conversation with a friend. So I'm going to start there. This phrase that has been so life-giving to me, I heard this years back, and uh, it really changed. Uh, it, it let a huge weight off of it, and I, my prayer has been that it will do the same for you. And it's this. It's very simple. It is, do for one that you wish you could do for everyone. Do for one that you wish you could do for everyone. There's so much stuff going on. You're surrounded by so many things, so much hurt, so many problems. And if you add it all up, if you just start with your own personal life, all of the things that are going on, then you go out to your sphere of of your people, uh, your circles, then you go out, out further into your community, and then out into the world, the information you get, it is extremely overwhelming. And the gift of that phrase of do for one that you wish you could do for everyone is truly life-giving. It takes away the paralyzation that you get from being paralyzed in those situations. Uh, I don't know how many of you guys grew up with this. I personally believe that this is the dumbest uh, phrase that's ever been uh, uttered or invented. Sorry, I'm just going to say it. I'm just being very blunt. But how many of you have been in this conversation? Hey, can I do that? Or can you give me this? Or can you let me in there? And they give this response. Well, if I do it for you, I'm going to have to do it for? That is dumb. Because you look at him and you go, no, you don't. You don't have to tell anybody. You can just let me in. You can just let me have that. You can just let me do that. You don't have to do it for everyone, right? And what happens is that becomes our response. We're like, well, if I do it for you, I have to do it for everyone. Well, if I give you money, I have to give everybody money, right? If I go serve here, everyone's going to ask me, and I got to go feel like I got to serve everywhere. No, you don't. That's ridiculous. You can do for one that you wish you could do for everyone. And you need to make those specific strategic choices in your life. It's okay to say no. It's okay to not be fair. Fair isn't even a word. It's just not. Your mom's not fair. Your dad's not fair. God's not fair. Nothing is fair, right? So don't ever use the language or accept the language of, well, if I do it for you, I can't do it for you because if I did, then I'd have to do it for everyone. Ridiculous, okay? There you go. There's my, I, I feel better now. I said that. <laughs> So do for one. You guys know one. You have a one. Who's the one uh, coworker? Uh, who's the one family member? Who's the one neighbor? Who's the one group of people? The one group of students? The one group of kids? The one group you can invest in here? And then there's three tips that go with that, with your one. The first tip is this. Go deep rather than wide. So many times we think we can make this huge difference when we're going wide. We're like, I just got to help everyone. We'll help here and we'll help here and we'll help here. And we're taking 100%, which we can't even really give all of that. And we're like knocking it up into little pieces and everyone's just getting a little piece of it. And it's not really making a difference. And then that's what you say. Man, my dollar isn't making a difference. That's a perfect example of the dollar club. That's why we do that. We're going deep rather than wide. You say, man, Larry, you guys are giving away $1,000 a week. We're giving away $1,000 a week to somebody. You know how many families, we could break that up and we could do that with multiple families. We've had this conversation a lot, actually. 
of like, we got $1,000 this week. We could help at least four families with $250. Nope. We're going to go deep into someone. We're going to deeply invest into them. All in and give it all to them rather than wide. We're going to do for one that we wish we could do for everyone. Uh, I, uh, I love being generous. I do. Please don't take advantage of me. <laughs> I'm just going to be open. Uh, I love to be generous. Uh, I just, it, it, it speaks a lot to me. It speaks through me. And uh, I love that, that God's kind of given me that, that, that tick. Um, and uh, so when, when students or people are doing fundraising to go somewhere or to go to a camp or need help in this area, like I love giving it to you. And I would get, you know, people selling stuff. They're coming to me. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm all in. I'm going to go deep. And, and my, my wife, she's coming along with me a little bit. Uh, she brings the checkbook. And I would say... Um, hey, yeah, I got this thing. They're going here. And I'd be like, yeah, $100. There you go. And then I'll send 20 other of them to show up. And I'm like, duh, I can't do that anymore. But I decided, I make it, made a decision not to be mean, not to like do this, this impact anywhere, but I want to go deep rather than wide. I want to go all in here and invest into you to make a difference in that area so it can truly make a difference. So do for one that you wish you could do, everyone. And the first tip is go deep rather than wide. Number two, go long-term rather than short-term. You need to go long-term rather than short-term. I loved an experience that I had yesterday, and that was I went and I saw a graduation here locally, and this was the beautiful part, is I saw a student leader that was there, that's been there the last five years, and has taken a group of eighth-grade girls and walked with them into high school and all the way through high school. I watched that. That was beautiful yesterday. Because we said long-term, not short-term. I'm all in. I'm going to do for one, this group of people, nothing else. And I'm going to stay there. I'm going to invest into it. I'm going to move with them. Because that's where you truly make a difference. In long-term investments, not short-term. There's so many beautiful stories um, that come from this faith community. We, we talk about it uh, through our missions. There's over 300 orphans that are sponsored through this faith community, which is awesome. And I love hearing the stories of people that are celebrating as they've continually gone long-term with these children in these other countries for education, and they've watched them work their way through high school and then into college and begin to break the cycle of poverty in another area because they've been given an opportunity because someone said, I'm going to go deep rather than wide with you, and I'm going to go long-term rather than short-term. It's just not a reaction. It's truly a transformation. Those are great stories. So that's tip number two. Number three, go time, not just money. Money will come, right? But go time. We heard uh, last week, Rick shared with us about how every week during the school year, he has his normal job that he has to make money at. We're busy. He's busy. We're all busy. But he goes time and he spends hours a week investing into a small group of young men. Many of you guys do this. Go time. It takes time. Open yourself up. Who's one that you could wish you could do uh, for everyone in your life that you can completely open yourself up to? Say, here's my number. Here's my contact information. I will cancel other things to make time for you, not just money. I have entered the lifestyle and the realm of soccer. My kids are at that age. And uh, um, I'm going to try to offend a few of you really quickly. No, I'm joking. <laughs> try not to offend uh, some of you right now. But I uh, was signed up for soccer, and this is just kind of where we're at now as far as time versus money. I was reading through the thing, and it said that um, 
if uh, you volunteer, um, this is the price. If you don't volunteer and spend time, like, with your kids at the soccer field and, like, what they're doing, you can pay $100 to get out of volunteering. And I was like, what? But it's totally what we've come to, right? So many of us, you know, it's the whole thing, like, time's worth money. You know, how much is your time worth? How much money is your time worth? So often we're so willing to say money rather than time. And I think that's what's backwards a little bit. Go time and not just money. Money's going to come. You're going to spend money because you're spending time and you're investing into those people. But go time, not just money. And the last thing, this question that I want to ask you is what's in your hand? And that's really the theme for today. I'm going to invite a friend that I'm going to have a conversation with in just a minute. This is Dee Dee. Uh, we'll say hello to her in just a moment. But in Exodus, come on up. In Exodus 4.2, um, there's this story in the Bible, and this is where um, God and Moses have, a, have an intimate conversation at a bush that is burning. It's familiar to some of you. Um, and so there's this burning bush moment, and he's sitting there, and they do their introductions, and God says, hey, um, I'm going to use you to do good. You're weary, <laughs> but guess what? You have opportunity and time, and we're going to do this together. And I'm going to use you to go and help and do good for an entire nation and people group. Through you, we're going to do this. And he said, <laughs> maybe literally he had a speaking issue. So he, uh, he's going and having this conversation, and he said, I can't do this. And God says, yes, you can. He says, but what about this? And then God says, well, here's your answer. And he says, but I, I don't know what I'm going to say here. This is a lot of authority. I'm coming here. So who am I going to say sent me? And he says, I am. Who is I say I am sent me? And he said, I am is a really weird name, but now what do I do? And then God said, well, you're going to do this. And then so God said, I'm going to just preload and give you all your answers up front. So if you have this happen, this is what you're going to do. Then you're going to go here and you're going to do this. He gave him all the details like a lot of us want. Moses listened to all that, and then Moses said, but, but, like many of us do, we're asked to do something that's outside of our comfort zone, and I think God at that moment, like, begrudgingly was like, oh, Moses, and he just asked him the question, Moses, what's in your hand? And he said, uh, a staff, so he said, throw it down, and it turned into a snake. Moses didn't like snakes, so he ran away. God said, sorry, I forgot about that, <laughs> come back. Just grabbed the bottom of the staff, it turned back in the staff. He's like, thank you, that was my favorite. And um, so then he said, hey, I'm going to use you. This is what's in your hand. You're a shepherd guy. You can't talk that well. You're not this extraordinary communicator, but guess what? I'm going to communicate through you. I'm going to use what you have and who you are to do something that only I can do. And he kept encouraging and investing into Moses. And then Moses still said, but, but wait a minute, can Aaron do it? Because there's another guy, he could probably do it for me. And he said, no. I'm going to use you. And he ends up and he goes and does that. So my question is, what's in your hand? And I want to have a conversation with my friends. This is Dee Dee. You can get say hello to Dee Dee. Hi, Dee Dee. Yeah. <laughs> so Dee Dee, I've gotten to have a lot of conversations with, and I want to talk to her because um, she has some things in her hand that she's using uh, to do good. And so I want to get a little information from you. So where do you live? How long have you lived in this area? Um, just tell us that first. I live in Vallejo, uh, born and raised there all my life. Lived there 44 years. <laughs> oh, you dropped that one on your own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't answer that one. Um, so uh, for a long time out here, what, what did you do uh, for a living? Uh, where do you work? Make your living? 
Um, for the last 26 years, I've been a hairstylist for 16 years. I worked for Supercuts, 14 of them managing it. Manager for 14 years at Supercuts, 16 years at Supercuts. And uh, so you cut hair. What's in your hand is scissors. You use them scissors as a, as a gift that you've been given. So um, after uh, when you were sitting there every day, uh, you know, you get to spend time with people. You get relationships. Um, what, what happened 20 years ago that kind of began to invest into uh, you an idea that would later um, turn into a pretty fruitful experience? Well, I used, when I was working there, I used to see this guy walk by every day. He had long hair, long beard, dirty clothes, and I wondered if he was homeless, and I wanted to go out and um, offer him a free haircut and clean him up, but I didn't know how to do it, didn't want to offend him, so I didn't do it. Mm, yeah. So um, things changed where you were at, and then um, you said, hey, I still want to cut hair, I still want to be people, so... What do you do now? Because you're not super cut, so now you do what? So I was looking for something new to do, and I prayed about it, and uh, God put it on my heart to start my own business, and I said, really? Um, no paycheck to yeah. start my own business? Yeah. So I said, okay, so I put 100% faith in him to provide for me, and I started my own business called D's Mobile Cuts, I go to people's houses and care homes. I do people's hair, the seniors and people with disabilities that can't get out to a shop. Yeah, I love that. I love that um, instead of people coming to you, that you said, I'm going to take my gift, I'm going to take it to other people. Um, but then something really cool happened um, uh, uh, a couple years ago. And um, so 20 years ago, she had this experience where, where she would see this guy nicknamed 40 Man. Um, because he'd walk and he had a 40 all the time. She knew where he was at, wanted to approach him all the time, um, but just couldn't figure out how to do that in a loving way. I want to love on you. I want to give you a gift. This is what's in my hand. And uh, so that was years ago. And now, a couple years ago, you, you've now been going to people where they're at, and uh, you were driving down the street, and what kind of clicked back in? So I was driving down the street, and I seen this trailer for sale. And... So I thought, boy, that could be something I could use to go out and do hair, fix it up as a salon and do hair for people in need. And I was already doing it once a year uh, with Supercuts. They um, always asked for stylists to volunteer to do charity events. And so I had already kind of been doing that once a year, but I wanted to uh, do it more. Yeah. And so I had seen this trailer, and I bought the trailer, um, and... Yeah, and this it, is the actual, this is the trailer, fresh and beat up uh, with her idea. You can see her Facebook posts saying, hey, I'm, I want to try to do this. I want to try to take my gift, what's in my hand, and go cut people's hair, because uh, once a year isn't enough. Yeah. I need to do it more. Yeah. I had a passion to do it more after seeing a need for that, and mm. so I... Uh, I bought the trailer, but it needed a lot of work, and I didn't know how to fix it up, and I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I bought it. And three months later, uh, God put David in my life, and he used his time and talent and what was in his hand to fix up my trailer, and he made it where I could tow it and use it, and that's what we did. Yeah. That's awesome. And... 
Then Vallejo Together, which is an organization that works for the uh, homeless organ, uh, the homeless community in Vallejo. They put on their Facebook page they were looking for someone to partner with them to do haircuts once a month. And I wrote to her and I said, hey, I just bought this trailer for that reason and I didn't know how to start that, yeah. but you've already started. You sh they were already feeding them and every once a month they met out at JFK Library. And so I said, yeah, I'll come out there. I'll bring my trailer out there and I'll do that. And so I started doing that two and a half years ago. Second Saturday of every month, I go behind JFK and do haircuts, give away free haircuts for the homeless community that come out and you there. Got, you got, yeah, it's great. You got a, a group of people that are waiting for you. They're excited. Yeah. How cool is it? That? that is just like so rad. I was like, talk about somebody who's using with a hand. You got scissors in my hand. That's how I make my living. But I'm going to use what my gift is because I don't know what else to do. I don't have a lot of money. I don't have all these other things. But I can take what's in my hand, scissors, and I can go and I can love on somebody else and give them uh, dignity and uh, just care and like just feeling that they don't have when. I mean, y'all like a haircut. I know you do. It feels good. They look good, feel good. And they're walking yeah. out of that place. Yeah, they love it. And you it. get to minister to them. That is uh, beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, okay. Would you give her one more? Thank you. So the, the question for you is what's in your hand? So we know what's in Didi's hand, scissors. Uh, some of you maybe has this, maybe some of you guys have shampoo and you want to roll with her, start washing some hair, loving on some people. Uh, some of you, what's in your hand is um, is is maybe you're good with money and you're an accountant and maybe you can go and you can help other people that need help with that and do classes. Maybe you, for some of you, what's in your hand is you're good with mechanical stuff and you're going to take that and and you're going to make a living doing that and then on the side you're going to help other people and do good. Maybe what's in your hand is uh, uh, the, a teacher. You're a great teacher, and you're going to go and you're going to invest into a group of people. Do for one, deeply with the group, uh, and love on them in that way. Maybe some of you, what's in your hand is money, literally. And you're like, hey, I can use this to bless other people in situations. Maybe some of you, what's in your hand is you're great with computers or technology, and you can take that and you can use that and bless. So many of you are using what's in your hand. Uh, a little bit of a new chapter in my story. I'll tell you what's in our hand and what's happening um, to us is some of you or many of you maybe know that we have three children. We uh, have an adopted child that is, he's six, and we have two biological children on either side of him. And uh, that happened six years ago, um, and it was a, a fantastic experience. It was an international adoption. Um, so we have Elsie, the youngest, Malachi, um, he's our boy. He's my boy. Man cub is what I call him. He's our adopted. And then uh, our oldest, which is Madeline. And um, two years ago, um, my wife said, um, hey, what's in our hand and what breaks my heart and um, how I want to do good is we have more room in our house and more room in our van. And I said, no, we don't. Um, <laughs> I'll fill that up real fast. <laughs> and she said, no, no, for reals, we do. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, okay, uh, so she said we need to do for one that we wish we could do for everyone because uh, it, that's what breaks my heart. That's what's in my hand, and I want to do that. And so we started that process. We were this foster adoption process uh, two years ago, and kind of just sat in that in that space with our hand up, saying, "Hey, this is what's in our hand. If you need to use it, we're ready to walk into that spot." And uh, what most of you don't know is that um, 
last week, uh, right before the weekend last week, got a phone call, and they said, hey, tomorrow we want to bring a six-day-old baby to you. And I said, what? (laughs) You had the wrong number. No. (laughs) Um, No, I said, what? And I called my wife, and I was like, oh, my gosh, they're going to bring us a little baby tomorrow. And she said, oh, my gosh. We said the same exact phrase. It meant totally two different things. <laughs> oh, man. So um, it's, it's crazy. Uh, it's what's in our hand. And uh, for some of you, maybe that's what's in your hand. We have what's in my hand literally now is now a two-week-year-old child that needs a home. And uh, oh, you don't have to clap. It's cool. <clears throat> I can't show you pictures. Not allowed. Uh, it's just part of the process, but that's like part of our story. Adoption was never, you know, I was the one sitting there in front of the bush going, but what? No, pick someone else. And um, he was like, no, no, I'm going to use you to do for one that you wish you could do for everyone. And guess what? You're going to go deep and you're not going to go wide and you're going to go long term, not short term, and you're going to invest time and money <laughs> into this and this new family that you have. So it's a crazy road to be on right now. Uh, and maybe for some of you, that's maybe what's in your hand. Uh, maybe for you, that's, that's that space that you've been thinking about or sitting in. Maybe for you, it's, it's doing something like Didi's doing, which is amazing, and I love that. But I want you to seek and ask God right now, um, what is it? Are you using it um, for yourself, or are you using it for yourself so you can continue to use it more so for others? Would you bow your heads? Like I said, I know there are so many in here that I could bring up on the stage and talk about um, and hear your story about how you're already using what's in your hand for the good of other people. And I know, God knows, and Paul knew, that you can become weary. You can become tired of caring. You can be tired again of carrying other people when you're trying to do good. And so if you're in here and you're already using what's in your hand, I know the strain personally and the stress that that can cause on you. And there's times you can feel empty. I just want to encourage you and I want to pray over you and allow God just to sit in your space. If you're already using it, would you raise your hand and keep it up? Because I want to pray over you, friends, that you already know you're using it. Yeah, and hold it up for me. Well, they're holding their hand up. Those of you who maybe aren't using what's in your hand, that don't have kind of a spot, that don't have the one that you're doing for that you wish you could do for everyone. And this week, you're going to seek God and say, God, what can I do? What's my part? How can I do good? What opportunity or time do I have where you can use me? If you'll seek God and ask him those questions, would you join my other friends with their hands that are already up and raise your hand? And I want to pray for all of you together. So God, would you use us? Hey, we're saying, I'm here, I'm ready. We're scared. Some of us are weary. God, would you just fill us up right now in this moment? Would you refresh us? Would your spirit just do what only your spirit can? God, and for those of us that are seeking you this week and asking and saying, here I am, use it, it's in my hand, or point it out to me, or give me a place, or continue to lay that one on my heart, would you make it so clear? Would you give us boldness and courage to take in faith a step forward into that space?
and to begin to do good and carry each other's burdens. There might be someone in here today that didn't know Jesus did for you what only Jesus could do for everyone. (laughs) He's the only one. Maybe uh, to this point you didn't understand that he came to make dead things alive, to redeem your entire life, the entirety of it. To give, he has a, a reckless hope for you. Grace that you do not receive or do not deserve to receive, none of us do, but only he can give through his son and he's given it. If you are here today and you haven't said yes to Jesus, you haven't received that gift because he wants to invest into you deeply. He wants you long-term. And he wants time with you forever. If you want to receive that gift today for the first time, it's yours to have. And I'm going to ask that you would raise your hand and allow me to acknowledge you and pray for you as you begin this journey and celebrate with you as you're released from maybe some bondage that's in your life. Yes, both of you, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So God, I celebrate with you. I ask that you just give a rush of love over, over these people in this place and a release from maybe bondage that's in their life, these chains. And that as they leave this place, they would feel alive, a, a newness that they haven't felt before. Thank you for doing for us what's open and available for everyone. We love you and we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Benicia, California.